Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. I begin this morning talking about uh, the title. I want to take just a brief moment to clarify my title with you and try to let you know in the direction I'm going. When I speak of divine, of course, when I speak of divine, I'm referring to God. Uh, there's no one that is divine as our God and our Creator, our Lord. Nobody. Nobody is as divine. I know some of you guys think your wife is that divine, but I'm going to tell you, nobody is the divine as our Lord. Psalms 89 says this in verses 5 through 6. It says, And the heaven will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the saints. For who in the heavens can be compared to you, O Lord? Think about that scripture. It says, Who in heaven, in the heavens, can even be compared to God Almighty? And it says nobody. And I, I think about heaven, there's a lot of great things that we read about, but nothing can compare. I see people, or I've heard of people that get all tied up about angels and different things. But can I tell you, angels can't compare to the glory of God because they were created by God. And so nothing can compare. And it says also, who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? Nobody can be likened unto the Lord. Oftentimes when I pray, I think, God, who can even hold a candle unto you? and who you are, and, and what you are, and, and everything about you, your attributes. There's nobody for who in heavens can be compared to Him. When I talk about disruption, disruption, and, and when, so I'm talking about divine with God, and disruption is when something is interfered with or otherwise broken, pulled apart, and will not be the same as before. And this is different than an interruption. An interruption, this is where something is stopped and then restarted without damage. We see that all the time around here with our electricity, right? It's interrupted for a few moments. When we were in Oklahoma City, I kept getting uh, motion alarms in this building because the electricity evidently was going on and off or over in this neighborhood. So interruption is something that interrupts, but it continues back. Nothing's changed. But a disruption is something that is changed, and it does not go back like it was, so when I'm talking about divine disruptions, I want to talk about some things that God has done. Over the course of the existence of mankind, there has been and will be divine disruptions from God, the Creator. Do you believe it this morning that there has been and there will be some divine disruptions from God among mankind? And I think sometimes we forget that very thing that God has a plan. And sometimes when things are not going like His plan, He disrupts those to make them get to where He would have that plan be. Literally, man has no power. It doesn't matter how great the, the nation, how wealthy the person is, man has no power to keep God from disrupting things. And I, sometimes We need to realize who it is that we serve. And understand that when God says He's going to do something, God is going to do something. And so He has those divine disruptions. This morning, I want to spend time looking at some of these divine disruptions that God has been involved in. And not only that He's been involved in, but some that He's going to be involved in. Because my friend, God is not through disrupting this world that we live in. 
And sometimes we sing the blues and all that because of the way the nation's going and different things. But let me tell you something. God has a plan. God has a way He's going to do something and it's going to take place. He has a plan. The first thing I want to look at, divine disruptions of the past that have affected the mass. In the past, things that have taken place, things that we've read about. One of the first ones that we talk about is the flood. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Now think about that. Scripture is pretty sad. Because who he's grieved over is the very, very humans that he created. And he was discouraged. He didn't like the way they were acting, the way they were behaving. Man's wickedness was at a peak at that very time. And God says, I'm grieved. I'm actually even sorry that I made man. God was literally disgusted with creation. I know we preach God and, and we talk about God's full of love and love, but there comes a point that God says there's enough. And when He looked down upon planet Earth and He seen all the wickedness that was taking place and all the things that were happening with His creation, and we live in a time that we think, well, God really doesn't care what the humans do. I'm going to say He does care. He always has cared. After all, we have been created in His image. We are different than any animal. God has created us in His image. And He does care about how we live our lives. Left up to man, there would be no change at all. It would have kept going. But God brought a flood and changed the direction of mankind. If they'd been left on their own, they would have just kept getting wicked and more wicked and more wicked and more wicked. But God chose to bring a flood to change. What did He do? He disrupted them. And the di disruption came from above. He says, I've had enough. And He reached down and He says, I'm going to bring. He told Noah. He says, I'm going to bring a flood. Get you an ark built. I'm going to save you. But I'm disrupting all this wickedness. How many know God can disrupt wickedness? Sometimes we get discouraged and all the things going on. But God is still able to disrupt. He's still able to do amazing things, and we forget that. He disrupted them and literally changed that it wouldn't be that way anymore. And then he put his rainbow up in the sky. A rainbow of promise, not pride. And he said, that rainbow, when you see that rainbow, you'll know that I will not disrupt man again in this form and fashion. And so we have that divine disruption. And you can check history. You can say, people will say, why are there fish skeletons on the, up on top of the mountain? History proves that God disrupted mankind at one time or the other. It's not just the scriptures that have it in it, but there's many historical books of other, other races that say there was a flood that took place. Can I tell you this morning, Matthew chapter 24 says this in verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. 
There's coming, my friend, another disruption. Because as the days of Noah, he says, will be the same when Jesus comes back. So we have that disruption. Then there was the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel. Genesis 11, 6 and 8, and it says, And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they are all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Right around a century after the flood, the people rebelled against God and decided to become like God, and they started to build a tower. The tower is called the Tower of Babel. And they wanted to be like God. One sense, you'll read some commentaries, and they'll say, well, they were trying to escape. If God ever flooded the earth again, they wouldn't be flooded because the tower would be so high. But the fact is, they joined together, and they decided that they would become like God. And so God brought a disruption from above. He disrupted them, a divine disruption. He came down and He scrambled their language. And not only that, He took a group here and and put them over in America that we have today, and He took a group and put them over in China. He scattered them throughout the whole world. I mean, you know, if you're all in one place and all of a sudden you're scattered everywhere, that's a pretty uh, strong disruption that God did. I just think of this group we got here this morning. If God just came down and scattered some of you to China and some to Japan and, and left a few here, it would disrupt our lives. But you know what it also did? It broke up the unity that they had to become like God. God wasn't ready for that. God is able to bring that disruption. He confused them. Literally, that's what Babel means, is confused. I think about the app that says Babel on it. I'm thinking you can learn English or whatever you want to learn or learn a different language. And I think the true word in, in, in the Bible means to confuse you. And so it doesn't make sense to me. But anyhow, he confused their language and scattered them out. It was a divine disruption in their life. The takeaway here we get on this, and listen, is that God is dis- can disrupt disrupted man and they could do nothing about it. When we think about the flood, God disrupted them and man could do nothing about it. When we think about the Tower of Babel, God disrupted them and they could do nothing about it. Divine disruptions. Just, just a little bit of thought here this morning in the time that we live in. We are now living in a time that our languages are all coming together again. Thanks to computers and all the things that we've learned, you can speak English and talk to someone that's speaking Chinese. We have a lot of things that go on. The other day I was thinking about the fact what that Scripture speaks of this very thing that their imagination, would nothing they can imagine would be withheld from them. And I was watching a video the other day where robots are really getting, like, intelligent. 
I was watching a shipping yard where all the, the, the things that were going, all the containers were being controlled by robots, sent them from point A, point B, and different things. I'm going to tell you, we're living in a time that we're trying to be one in language. And, and also, we know that there's that one world order out there that people are trying to come together. Nations are coming together. Well, Pastor, you, you're not, you don't know that. I said, I'll, I'll guarantee you today, it is out there. It's out there. And we are in the prop, we're in the way as far as one world order. Our whole, whole system of America is in the way. Our constitution, all that thing, we, we got to go broke before they can do that. And how many think we're close? I'm not trying to scare you this morning, but the fact is there's a lot of things that are going on today that was going on in the same time as the Tower of Babel. And when God seen that, God came and brought a divine disruption in mankind. And there's that total movement that's rebelling against God. And I think we're close to another divine disruption, even for our own country. Another thing that we can look at, the nations. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, it says, And he changes times and seasons, he removes kings and raises up kings. And just a few chapters away, there's that interesting story that takes place as Belshazzar is the, the king of Babylon in chapter 5, verses 25 and 28. And it says, this is the inscription that was written. And what has taken place, if you can imagine being in a, a meeting room like this and some big hand comes out and it starts to write on the wall, it would kind of make you sober up a little bit if you were like Belshazzar and them. And truly, it started to writing. It wrote many, 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 many uh, parts. Got to get the word here. Up Harson, I probably didn't say that right either. But it wrote it on the wall there, and, and then they were partying. They took the silver and the gold from the, the Lord's temple, and they were partying and toasting unto other gods. And, and all of a sudden, that handwriting showed up. And the word, and, and they couldn't get anybody to interpret it. So here's the scripture. In verse 25, and this is the inscription that was written, many, many tekel of Harson. This is the interpretation of each word. Many means God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. How many know that's not a good place to be when God weighs you and finds you to be wanting? Perez, it says, your kingdom has divided and given to the Medes and the Persian. This was that very particular moment that God had wrote, uh, wrote on the wall and says, hey, listen, your kingdom is finished. Your kingdom is over with Belshazzar. Nebuchadnezzar, he got God's mercy, but his son, he told, God told him, your, your kingdom is finished. I'm going to say today that God can interrupt a kingdom any time He gets ready. Over the last 6,000 years, He set kings up and took kings down. Over the last 6,000 years, He took nations up and took nations down. God is able to do that any time He gets ready. He has came in. Are you getting it this morning that we have a God in heaven that can bring disruptions any time He gets ready when things are not going His direction and things are not going according to His will. He can disrupt mankind any time He gets ready. 
And He brought that disruption in those. And over these years, there's been nations rise up and nations fall. The nations that Israel went to and, and possessed the land, God says, I've had enough of them. He says, I'm going to spew them out of the land. And Israel goes and possesses the land, and this, guess what? They didn't serve God. And God says, I'm spewing you out of the land. I'm getting you out of the land. The takeaway is here is that God disrupted man and man could not do anything about it. And I tell you this morning, this great country that we live in is not exempt from such a fate. Sometimes we have the American attitude that nothing can take us down. But I want to tell you when God says it's time to disrupt that country, it will happen and there's nothing that America can do about it. Perhaps that's why we're not mentioned in the book of Revelation. That's a sad thought. But we are a nation that was founded by God and, and God doesn't tolerate a whole lot when we go a different direction. There was another disruption that I love is at Calvary. Hebrews 11 speaks of those heroes of faith that were saved because of their faith in God. We have people such as Abraham and Moses and many more before Christ came and gave His life for them. Yet from that moment forward, from that moment on the cross of Calvary, those that were saved before that, they went to a place called paradise. And the reason they got there was because they had faith in God. But they still needed some way to get out of the bond and the grip that death had on them. And when Jesus came and died upon the cross of Calvary, there was a divine disruption that took place that day when He breathed His last breath and gave His life. Now, all things are done and dealt differently because the law and what the, the Jews were doing was abolished and done away with. But Jesus came upon the cross of Calvary and it disrupted the way that a man came unto the Father. And that way is through the blood of Jesus. He said, by no other name can a man be saved. There was a divine disruption that took place that day on the cross of Calvary and now the only way that you can get to heaven, the only way that you can get to the Father is to believe the message of Jesus Christ and the message of the cross of Calvary that Jesus died for us that was a sinner and that He gave His life for you and me and there's no other way to be saved other than through Jesus Christ you must come through the cross of Calvary there's a divine disruption that day there's no more man-made religion or anything else that can get you to heaven only through Jesus. That's why many religions do not like that teaching or that preaching. But that's too bad. Because God said 2,000 years ago, I have a divine disruption in the way people come to me. Even those that were in paradise, it took the blood of Jesus Christ to get them into the presence of the, the King. Divine disruption. Thank God for that disruption. Amen? Thank God that you know about that disruption. God has ordained this. There's nothing else people can do. I was reading uh, or watching a deal just yesterday. 20 famous people that do not believe in God. And they had all their theories. But I'm going to tell you something. They got a problem when they breathe their last breath. You can think hell doesn't exist. You can think God doesn't exist. But reality comes real when you breathe your last breath. Because the Lord said 2,000 years ago, this is the way you come to me.
and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Those are some that have happened in the past. Those aren't all of them. We don't have to get time for all of that. But these are times that God has reached down and disrupted mankind. Divine disruptions on the personal level. Moments when Father above reaches down and disrupts our lives. I can't think of a better story, listen, than, than the divine disruption that happened to Saul on the road to Damascus. There was a disruption that took place that day. Acts chapter 9, verses 3 and 4 says that he journeyed, he came near, near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and that he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? There was a moment there. God had a divine disruption into Saul's life. It wasn't an, an interruption in Saul's life. Listen, it wasn't an interruption. And sometimes we think, well, God interrupted me. I get that thinking. This was a disruption in Saul's life. From that moment on, listen, his friends changed. From that moment on, his mission changed. From that moment on, his faith changed. From that moment on, everything he did changed. It was a disruption because Saul never went back to persecuting the church. Saul never went back to his Jewish buddies and, and said, oh, I guess I made a mistake. From that moment on, Saul was a new creation. God reached down in a divine way and disrupted his life. It was a personal time that God Almighty, the Creator, took a moment on the road to Damascus and Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? And immediately Saul goes, Lord, Lord. My word, he had a disruption in his life. I'm going to tell you that'll preach. It'll preach. When people say, well, I just can say a prayer and keep on living. No, God interrupted you. Come on, we can have interruption in our life, but it's not a disruption until we change the way we're going. In divine times, when God has a moment in our life, especially when we don't know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and He comes down and, and disrupts our life, He's not just interrupting you, He's wanting to disrupt you to where you change the way you live. There have been thousands of people had a divine disruption. There's the drug addict that no longer does drugs. There's the alcoholic that no longer drinks alcohol. There's the sinner that no longer sins but is living for God. What happened to them? They had a moment of divine disruption in their life. It was personal and it changed who they are. That moment <coughs> that we have that divine disruption and it becomes so personal into our lives. God is still doing it. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you had one? If you haven't had one, wait around. We're going to have one. Amen? God wants to disrupt your life. Wants to change the way you're living. Can I tell you this morning, I want to, I want to give you a thought when you're praying for your loved ones. Won't you just pray, God, disrupt their lives. God, get in there and disrupt their lives. 
It's much better praying that God just get them where you need, to, need them to be. Get Him to disrupt their lives. Because when you're disrupted, you're no longer going back to what you were. But you're going to be who God wants you to be. That personal time of disruption that comes in our lives. One other thought about divine disruptions this morning. I'm moving right along. Is divine disruptions that are planned for this world. You know, sometimes, let me, let me say this this morning. Sometimes we think that, that God is just letting everything happen. Let me tell you, God has a moment, He has a time that He's going to disrupt everything. Amen? He can do it at any moment, any time. He can come and whatever His plan and whatever His schedule is, He can disrupt. One of the first things I want to talk about, the divine disruptions that are going to take place in the future, it's called the rapture of the church. Come on, it's that, that moment. The Bible tells us we're all familiar with it. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. There's coming a divine disruption for this place. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I can't tell you exactly when it's going to take place, but it's going to bring chaos when it happens. All of you have seen... The movies, I don't know if all of you have seen them. Some of them are really old. But the movies that, that you talk about where the guy's driving the bus or whatever it is and he's a Christian and the rapture takes place and there's nobody driving the bus. How I many you know that's going to be a divine disruption? It's going to be that moment in history that's going to take place. My friend, I'm not just preaching something that, that, that we're just talking about a mythical story. I'm telling you facts this morning that there's a divine disruption coming to this world and Jesus is going to descend with a shout and He's going to come on that eastern sky and we're going to be changed in an instant, in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye and we're going to be with Jesus forevermore. Hallelujah! That disruption is coming and from that moment on when that takes place, our lives will never be the same again. We have been disrupted for Jesus' sake and the world will never be the same again. And who's going to stop him? Nobody. There's not a country big enough. There's not a government big enough. There's not a man rich enough. There's not a politic lying enough. I, I'm going to tell you, there's nobody that can keep him from coming when he makes his mind up. He's going to turn over one day and say, Gabriel, get your lips upon that trumpet. And when he starts to sound that shout, hallelujah, Jesus is going to come back in that second coming. And we're going to hear the most beautiful sound that takes place in our lives. My friend, this is in the future. This is here. And there's nothing that has to be fulfilled in the Word of God for this not to take place. Everything. That's why Paul, listen, Paul taught them back in the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. He was teaching them because some said the resurrection has already taken place. He said, no, let, let me remind you what I've taught you about this. And he says, we need to be ready to go at any moment. Every church age has been ready to go at any moment. And I'm going to tell you, we're closer than Paul and them were. We're in 2023. I believe we're knocking on the door. Hallelujah. Jesus is going to come. At any moment, 
I don't know about you, but I want to be ready for that divine disruption. When I was on the fire department, we used to do the deal we called a minute man. And that, that we would, when we'd sit there, we'd have, when we get to the fire department, we'd have our boots and our pants already and everything ready to down it when we got ready or put it on. And we'd be ready to grow. And we was ready to, when we pulled up the scene, we were spraying water within one minute. We would train and train and train to be able to do that when we pull up. That's hooking up the hydrant. That's running the water through the lines, all that stuff. And when we got there, we were ready to squirt water. I'm going to tell you, we didn't do it the first time we trained. But we were ready, and we were ready to do it. I'm going to say today that we need to be ready. We need to be spiritually equipped. We need to be prayed up, ready to go up. Hallelujah. You need to, I know we get hooked on coffee to wake us up, but let me tell you today, we need to get hooked on Jesus to take us up. We need something to happen in our life that we are ready when the trumpet calls because we don't know when it's going to sound, but I'm going to tell you the divine disruption is going to take place. It's going to happen. There's nothing that anybody can do I wonder sometimes if Jesus didn't, isn't just looking at the Father and saying, it's the day today. The Bible says no man knows other than the Father. For that time, I'm ready. Another divine disruption we find in Matthew 24, 21 that's coming. For them, there will be, Jesus is talking about things that are happening at the end. And he says this, for them there will be great tribulation such as, not been since the beginning of the world until, time, until this time. No, not ever shall be, nor ever shall be. There's coming a divine disruption for all of planet Earth. After the rapture of the church, there's going to be this thing called the tribulation. And the tribulation is going to interrupt everything that man has. All their knowledge that they have, Everything that they've equipped, they're going to find is useless when it comes when God disrupts planet Earth. There are going to be things that, 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 that Stephen King himself can't imagine what's going to take place on tribulation. Come on, he can scare you when you watch a movie. But I'm going to tell you, there's things that are going to happen in the tribulation. The Bible says, listen to what that says. Jesus is saying that. He says there's going to be things that happen on Earth that never have happened before and never will happen again. And you know what's going to keep him from doing that? Nothing. You know what's going to keep the tribulation from taking place? Nothing. Nothing can keep this from happening. It's going to be divine disruption. There are going to be nations at the end of this thing, after the end of the millennium when it takes place, that try to take God out and God just breathes fire down from heaven and it will be done. All this, I know we get discouraged and because the way everything's going in this world today, but can I tell you this morning, it won't always be this way. It's not going to be this way for eternity because God has divine disruptions that are going to take place. The tribulation is going to be for seven years. The first three and a half will not be that bad, but those last three and a half are going to be a very difficult time for people to live on planet Earth. Divine disruption. And the third one I have this morning in this section is this, sin will be no more. Revelation 20, verses 11 and 12, it says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. 
And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. And then verse 14 and 15, Then the dead and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found in the, written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The divine disruption of sin. It's going to happen. I mean, God did not create us to be sinners. We chose that. We chose to live that life of sin and the enemy, the devil himself has been that one that has instigated a lot of the sin that we participate in. But I'm going to tell you today, there's coming at a time that sin will be dealt with forevermore and there will never be sin again. A divine disruption from above. God has a plan. You want to know where He's headed in His plan? He's headed to that moment that all things are new and everything is made like He wants it to be and it will be that way for eternity. God is going to bring a divine disruption among mankind one more time. That great white throne judgment that spoke of there, that's Jesus' throne. And it says, if your book's not in the, the book of life, you will be drugged into the lake of fire. I don't think anybody would choose to live in the lake of fire for eternity. But what is dealt with? You know, right before that, the devil himself, hallelujah, praise be unto God, he's drugged into the lake of fire that he'll never tempt a man again. But God is going to bring a disruption. He's going to change the whole way that sin operates in man. He's going to do away with it. <coughs> How many of you long for that day that sin no longer tempts? Sin no longer works on you every day. That's in the future. Divine disruption. Brother, Pastor Oliver, if you'll come. I, you know, I thought about this message and the fact that our God disrupts people's lives all the time. Amen. If I was to ask you to know somebody that God disrupted their life, I'm not talking about interrupted, disrupted them, and now they live different. You've seen a divine act. Amen. You've seen God do an amazing thing in somebody's life. And sometimes we write that off, but when you think about who did it, God the Creator reached down and disrupted their life. That gives me hope when I pray for my loved ones or pray for my friends that God would disrupt them. When we look in the past and we see that God has been disrupting mankind, every time, I can't tell you the time factor on when God's going to do all these things, but I can tell you for certain, just as sure as you see me this morning, God's going to disrupt this place one more time. Hebrews talks about there's coming another shaking. There's coming another shaking. And God's going to shake. And I know we live in an atmosphere that uh, sticks their hand up and their fist up to God and says, who are you? And all that. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what they do because God is still going to disrupt. He's a disruptor. And He's going to change the path, the pattern. He's going to change things once again in this world that we live in to where we will be on the path that God wants us to be on. I thank God that He is going to disrupt. I, I'm looking forward to the moment that He brings us to heaven. Amen? I, 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 would, I would prefer, listen, I would prefer not to go through the grave. Any of y'all? 
Wouldn't it be great that he would just, for the altar call right now, that he would divine, disrupt all of us and take us to heaven? Oh, it'd be, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? But I'm going to tell you something. He's coming. He's coming. I refuse to get down in the dumps over what's going on in our nation. We just need to suck it up, buttercup, and get about what God's wanting us to do. Amen. I told Megan that the other day. She didn't like that. God's got a purpose for us right here until He disrupts us another time. So I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you're a little discouraged on what's going on. Can I tell you? Trust God. Maybe you're discouraged what's going on in our government, whatever it is. Can I tell you? Trust God. It'd be great if God just disrupted the White House. Woo! Hallelujah. But I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and God's interrupted your life more than once, but you're right back to doing what you were doing. That's not what He does that for. He wants to disrupt you to where you change your life and live different. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've lost hope that He's coming back. Can I tell you something this morning? That's the blessed hope of the church. The blessed hope of the church is that Jesus is coming back one day. That's why we have the communion service and we, we have communion and we, 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 he says, do this in remembrance of my coming, of my return. Every head bowed just for a moment. Who would say, Pastor Billy, this morning, I need God to disrupt my life. I need to change the way I'm living. I need to go in the direction that God would have me to go in my life. How many would say, I need that? If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Anybody else say, that's me, Pastor, this morning? I want to have my prayer team come to the altars here. Hallelujah.